Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Tamara McDuff. She helps businesses drive sales and become known in their industry using social media and content marketing strategies. She can help you create your online presence from website user experience to your social profiles and content. Tamara takes a conversational approach to social media and content strategy, and that has helped businesses start and grow stronger. Tamara is a certified SCORE mentor and founder of Now Digital Marketing. Welcome. Thank you, Catherine. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so psyched you're here. I brought Tamara on because so many small business owners right now are struggling with all these terms, this whole idea of getting loans, time in uh, coronavirus is very confusing. And so I'd love it if you take like sort of the very short and sweet business loans for dummies version for people like me of what PPP, SBA, SBA, all these different terms mean. Okay, sure. Yeah, I love that small business loans for dummies. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the PPP stands for the Paycheck Protection Program, and the SBA stands for the Small Business Administration. So the PPP program is all about helping businesses uh, pay their payroll, keep their employees employed with full paychecks, whether they're actually working or not. That's what the program is designed for. The SBA has Economic Injury Disaster Loan, the EIDL loan for small businesses, and that helps you with all kinds of expenses. But the trick is the one thing that you have to keep in mind is that these loans are only to help pay for expenses that you could normally pay um, had the disaster not occurred. That's yeah. what you have to keep in mind. It's not about keeping you in the lifestyle your business has given you. It's not about uh, replacing revenue. It's all about expenses that could have been paid had the disaster not occurred. One of the things I've heard from my dad, one of the most quintessential small business owners I know, uh, now retired, is he said he'd heard from a lawyer that it would be very, very important, or maybe an accountant, but either one would work, mm -hmm. to keep the monies you receive from any of these loans and in a completely separate checking accounts because the belief is that possibly there could be audits later 
to make sure that people use the loans they were meant to use. Could you talk a little bit to that? I know we're not bankers and we don't play them on TV, but I found it a fascinating concept and I think it's super smart. I mean, every single one of my small businesses, they're all with separate checking accounts, separate LLCs, everything's very neat and clean and tidy. Would you agree that this is a smart idea for people to do? I absolutely do agree with that. In fact, that's what we've been telling our clients that have that come to us to help navigate the system is to keep the loan proceeds in a separate account so that they can because the especially the paycheck protection program that is definitely going to have an audit because you have to in order for it to be forgiven you have to prove that you've used it for payroll and to keep your employees paid. So it's very important that you keep that audit trail. And the easiest way to do that is to open up a separate checking account and keep all of your transactions in one neat place. Yep, it's great advice. I had never even thought of it. Of course, as you know, I decided not, I did try for a loan for the beach house that we rent out because it's seasonal and I was concerned. And in the paperwork, <laughs> it's a logistical nightmare. And I finally said, well, I'm going to roll the dice. For my own personal business, I'm a solo business owner. And mm-hmm. I looked at it as, in the long run, how would I best spend 15 hours right now? And for me, it was creating a brand new group program and marketing the heck out of my business. And you're a marketing specialist. So we're going to talk <laughs> about that some too. I ended up shifting to accommodate the new normal Let's say a small business owner like me hasn't gotten a loan yet or the PPP and would want to. Do they have anything they could be doing outside of those things to bring some funds in in the short run? Yeah, outside of applying for those loans. And uh, if you didn't want a disaster loan, you can also apply for a regular SBA loan. But if you didn't want any loans at all, some of the things that we've been recommending to our clients is to take a look at all at your budget, right? Your business budget. And just like you would for your personal budget, start eliminating all the non-essential kind of stuff. So some people pay for cable and internet through their business. If you don't need that cable for your business, then disconnect that and keep the internet. Right. Anything like that. Um, subscriptions, if you're paying for a subscription for something and you don't need it in the immediate foreseeable future for the, like the next six months or so, discontinue it so that those repeat transactions aren't coming out of your bank account. You're keeping that 20 bucks in your bank account in your pocket. If you have life insurance that has a cash value, we recommend taking a loan if you can because you pay yourself back and you don't, the interest rate is typically lower than a regular loan. It's going right back into yourself and you do not put your family in harm. So if God forbid something should happen, the death benefit is not affected Mm -hmm. and you still will be able to take the money to help get you because Again, what all these loans are doing is just to keep you afloat so that you can stay, keep your doors open and get into the recovery. It's not about maintaining your, you know, your revenue numbers kind of thing. It's about paying your expenses. So take what you need. Um, And those are some of the quick ways. And talk to your creditors. That's the other thing we tell them. Talk to all of your creditors. Pay the minimum on your credit cards, not what you normally would to conserve cash flow. Um, See if they'll waive interest payments. See if they will tap some, put like two payments on the back end of your loan, for example. Some of them are doing that. Some of them are saying, oh yeah, no problem. You don't have to pay us for three months, but on that fourth month, you need to pay it all in full. Right. Well, how does that help? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's a little scary. I do encourage people to pay whatever they can. So a lot of creditors would rather have something than nothing. Right. So even if you can't make a minimum payment, make sure you you send in what you can. Send in the interest payment if you can, or send in the principal payment, because a lot of times on a lot of loans, the principal is smaller than the interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, do things like that, but pay what you can to keep things going, because everybody needs every little bit they can. So those are some ways that we would try to help them. Right. It's so interesting. And it's pure luck. I think it was November and December. And I have to say, actually, it's not really luck because I do this every year in November and December. I look at the past year. I look at the P&L. I look at the PL more often than that. But with the specific purpose of saying, hey, is this group working for me still? Should I still be investing money in this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I need this subscription anymore? So I had gotten rid of a whole bunch of fees that I would normally be paying in January because I had taken a hard look at the budget in November, December. But you know, there are probably things I could be looking at again now here in May that I might have missed. Yeah, and it's important. I deemed important in December, but I no longer deem important right this moment. Exactly. It's important to take a look at what you want versus what you need. Oh, yeah. You know, it's always, there's always a difference there. There's a lot of things I want, but as of right now in this situation, what do I really need to keep going? Exactly. I think that's great advice. So I kind of mentioned, you know, shifting in the new normal. And, and it's funny because I was already in the middle of a shift, but the virus just sped that timeline way the heck up. I figured I would be moving more towards an online business model over mm-hmm. the course of the next three years. I am now a 100% of online business model. Uh, it's been not the easiest thing. It's had a few challenges. But what do you kind of see as the new normal for small business? And there's no right answer here because I'm not sure I even know what that looks like yet. Yeah, I don't think any of us know what it looks like. Um, the new normal basically is all about um, pivoting and knowing what your customers want. You know, know how to be there for your customers without being salesy. Right. So the marketing advice that I've been giving people is to start marketing. I mean, I've told them that you've heard me say this a million times about being more human in your marketing anyway. Right. So what does that mean? Well, this crisis has showed you exactly what that means. So now you talk about your values. You talk about your beliefs. You talk about your um, how your products and services serve your beliefs and serve your customers' needs. How are you intertwining that? Because our ideal clients are people who resonate with us, right? People who know, like, and trust us. And that comes down to our, our values and our beliefs aligned with that person. So right. instead of saying that I help create social media strategies, while I may say that in a post at some point, my other posts are all about, I believe you should be open to everything and attached to nothing so you find opportunities everywhere. That is a post and then it can go into a blog post where I can go deeper and explain that. And right. other people can be like, oh, I really like that. I want to know what she means about that. So now they come and they check out the website. Maybe now they schedule an appointment for a conversation. Things like that. So start marketing just on your values and your beliefs and how you approach working with your clients. And that way they know you're still there, but you're not saying, buy me, buy me. Right. I find that so interesting because probably three or four months ago, uh, I was told that I should be doing much more um, marketing on LinkedIn. And 
I always felt I had to have a very professional corporate business voice on LinkedIn. And I think there's some truth to that. But what I did right out of the gate was I said, what I post on Facebook in my business and what I post on, say, Instagram in my business is the exact same message I'd want anyone to get. And it's very values, how I believe, what I think about, et cetera, mm-hmm. driven. And, and look, let's put a caveat on that. I'm not talking about my political stance. Exactly. I'm not talking about how I spend money. And I'm not those three big taboos, right? And I'm obviously not talking about sex, you know? Although I will say last week on the podcast I had on Lori Hopper and we were talking about uh, massage and it did actually get into a conversation about the body. And in in that instance, that makes perfect sense. But, you know, it's still not appropriate to be talking about those things as a business person. So as a small business owner... If we don't first focus on our why, the Simon Sinek version of things, people don't really get to know us. They don't know why we're passionate about what we do. They just think that I'm a small business owner who helps offices get up, set up to manage their time, space, and information. They don't realize that comes out of my story, which Mm -hmm. is that I'm a cancer survivor who, when I was going through chemo, practically had to shut down my business. And I had to figure out systems that would be effective going forward. So, you know, tying this all back, this really is in the new normal about talking about who you are and why you do what you do and why it's important to you. But remembering to avoid those, you know, three big taboo subjects, you know, when you're in business, which are um, how you handle your finances, unless you're a public comp- public traded company and then you have to tell people but i'm talking about more your personal finances talking about you know obviously sex and talking about politics outside of that i think people want to know who we are Mm-hmm. Oh, I absolutely agree. And that's why I've always, you know, taught that right from the beginning. And I've gotten questions. You're a digital strategist. You do marketing consulting. Why are you helping people with SBA loans? What makes you the expert in that? Well, it goes back to like what you were talking about, my why. I, every single day, whether I'm teaching classes or I'm mentoring score clients or whatever, I'm always connecting people in my network. I am always using and helping people using my expertise to help them navigate a system, a a business plan, a, you know, the marketing landscape, whatever it is. And this is no different. I'm just leveraging my expertise in a different way. Right. Because nobody can figure out, including sometimes the SBA, they can't figure out how to navigate this. And so now it's my job to sit on the SBA 800 number for three hours, not yours. You can go breathe, right? If you engaged us kind of thing. And I'm coming to find out that my SBA relationships aren't really necessarily helping, except I can get to know a lot faster than you can as a business owner. Oh, that's fascinating. I think think it's, and this is the hugest reason I brought you on is this knowledge you have around SBA, but also for a, a resource that I think a lot of people don't realize is out there, which is SCORE. Mm-hmm. Score, yeah, score. A phenomenal resource for small business owners who maybe right now are saying, I don't know how to do X and I don't have the money. Wow. How did we come around to this? Woo. Uh, <laughs> I love when that happens. I love when a plan comes together. How do you, how do you get, you know, if you're a small business owner and you're saying, I don't know how to do something, whether that's social media, get the PPP, 
balance your P&L, that would be a really new person to the business, or maybe how to market something in these times, SCORE, what a great resource for people. And, and, and at least around here, SCORE is free. Yep, SCORE is free. We provide uh, free counseling or mentoring, depending on which day of the week we'll determine which word we use, but it's all the same thing. It's free and it is confidential. So, and when you come to talk to a SCORE mentor, you can tell us anything you need to. We will not repeat your experience with anybody, not even other SCORE mentors. Now, what I always say is great about SCORE, I don't know if anybody knows this, but when you sign up with one SCORE mentor, I have access to 13,000 SCORE mentors across the country. I have 75 mentors in my chapter here in Rochester. So you get access to all of that. So if you ask me a question, if you and I, if I were doing mentoring and I can't answer that question, I go to my local network, of course, first. And if they can't find something for some reason or nobody's available, I can go by email to any SCORE mentor across the United States that will come and help you with their expertise via email or Zoom meetings, which everything's done by Zoom meetings now. But um, so you have access to 13,000 mentors and expert, experts. You don't, it's not just one person when you go through SCORE. That's, it's just remarkable to me. And it's funny, I haven't used SCORE in a very long time. I'm actually feeling like I'm at the point where I'd love to help them out by, you know, teaching some classes and such. But when I first started my business, that's where I went. I didn't know about a marketing plan or a business plan or, or uh, anything else. There's a very funny early story sort of related. Again, my dad, my dad gets to be featured on this show today, where he said to me when I was first starting the business, you have to know QuickBooks. And he sent me to learn QuickBooks in a two-day intensive training, probably on a weekend in New York City. And this is, oh God, this has to be 15 years ago. And it was so funny because I came out of the class, which he very kindly generously donated the funds to do as a new business owner. And when I came out, I'm quite sure his expectation was I was going to say, I'm an expert at QuickBooks. This is the greatest thing since canned beer. (laughs) So he said to me, what'd you get out of your QuickBooks class? And I said, I need to hire a bookkeeper. (laughs) And he was really not happy. But I explained to him, The fact is bookkeepers are really incredibly well-versed in this information and this is not my superpower. So yes, I can, I have an MBA. I can read a P&L. I know how to, you know, deal with cash flow and income statements and all the things you need to do. But the inputting and the knowledge of each specific code you need to use for different things is way out of my area of expertise. And so I really have a choice. I can take everything in in a big box of yucky receipts to my accountant and, you know, pay a small fortune for them to do everything. Or I can have a bookkeeper come in normally once every six weeks. I'm kind of due now. And she inputs all that information and asks a lot of questions. And I'm very involved, but I'm not the one who's got the expertise. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a great opening lesson to being a small business owner is, is we have to go outside of us when we're outside our area of expertise. And if right now that's looking like, I don't have the funds to do it, here's score. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, SCORE's got a wealth of, of expertise that not many people know about, un- unfortunately. And, you know, that's on us. We've got to do a better job. But we have workshops, we have right. webinars, we have all kinds of things that, you know, can really help move your business forward or have you get started on a solid foundation. So, right. yeah, absolutely. So, this isn't the only way. Tamara gives back, you awesome (laughs) woman, you. You also have a radio show on Rochester Free Radio, as I can say this, WRFZ 106.3 FM. So if you're in Rochester, Tamara on on the radio. I had the great pleasure of being on very recently. I'd love for you to talk about that because it's a very unique viewpoint in your radio show. Yes, we, um, our radio show is called Rock Voices, and my friend Otivia Fantagrossi is, is my co-host. We are on every Sunday afternoon from 4 to 6 on, like Catherine said, Rochester Free Radio. And we talk about removing stigmas. We have conversations to remove stigmas on mental illness, addiction, and disabilities. Those are our three pillar things. Essentially, we have conversations that move the community forward. So, we are very open about our own struggles. Uh, Otivia and I both have children who have special needs, and uh, she has struggled with a mental illness. My other, the other one that we talk about is addiction, nice. because you know I I lost my daughter about two years ago to uh, a fentanyl overdose, unbeknownst to any of us. So we wanted to remove those stigmas so that people could know that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help. And there's no shame in anywhere where you are in your journey. And we wanted to be there. So we highlight resources. We highlight businesses doing good, things that you don't normally hear in the media. So if there's a business giving back to the community, we like to highlight them. If there's a resource that's hidden, that is a hidden gem nobody knows about, we like to have them on and talk about that. And it's all about removing stigma. So yeah, and you really helped us when we had that, productivity conversation on our radio show with you. That was great having you on. You gave some really great tips about how to set boundaries and stuff. So we're, we're really pleased. I bring this up because I think right now, as we're dealing with coronavirus, what we're not seeing is a really, I would say silent effect, but I think it's background effect more in that people are struggling emotionally. They're trying to wrap their heads around this. It's a worldwide trauma. It's something I talk about a ton. Going back to sharing who you are, this is something I keep talking about. You can't be productive if you're not feeling good. Right. Now, how do I know this? I had cancer. So we were pretty prepared to self-isolate. You know, <laughs> we'd done the whole kind of quarantining thing, not quite to this extent. But it can be, and I'm, I'm like, let's start with, I'm very blessed. I have a husband and a daughter and a cat. I'm not alone. Um, I'm on Zoom way too much. And there's a whole thing around that with boundaries. I think we even might've talked about it on the radio mm-hmm. show, but people are dealing with tough things. And if people are sort of on the edge of dealing with say an anxiety or depression, they might be triggered into this now. And it's, crucial that people realize there's no shame, there's no stigma with it. No one is okay right now. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. 
It's okay not, as my girlfriend Jen Liddy says, it's okay not to Pinterest the apocalypse. Right. You know, some of us may just be getting by. We're just trying to figure out how we manage all this. And so I have friends who said, heck with it. My kid's doing pass-fail and I'm done with this whole remote learning thing. I'm blessed again. The remote learning situation we've got with Notre Dame High School, my daughter's a freshman, is bar none unbelievable. They already had some things in place. And then they've just stepped up and it's been a great learning experience. She's kind of a homebody. She's always dreamed of homeschooling. (laughs) And I keep telling her this is remote schooling. There will not be homeschooling happening here. But she's thriving with it. But I can't ever lose sight of is there anything underneath that rumbling around that might be difficult for her because she does have some challenges she deals with herself that she does beautifully with and she's doing great. She's a great kid. But I want to always be cognizant of that. I don't want her to, I guess, be re-traumatized. I mean, when I was going through cancer, that was very traumatic. And that's where what I was actually talking about is back then. It was sort of after everything was over, you know? And so I've got to be aware because she's the after everything is over kid. Right. The step up, be a trooper. And Mm -hmm. it may all, you know, it may, it may not, you know, she may just skate right through this, but there are definitely kids who are struggling with this because they just don't get it. Yes. Yep. And Otivia has, her son has autism and there are days that he struggles uh, but he has access to Zoom and social clubs and, you know, and my husband struggles with not seeing our youngest daughter because she lives in a group home and, and no visitors are allowed. But we Zoom with her every day. But it's different, you know. It, yeah, that it kind of sort of gets you to that, you know, that first level of being okay. But, you know, we can't wait till it opens up. We Zoom with our family. So I see my son down in Annapolis and the new baby and stuff, but you know, I can't wait until this opens up and we can see everybody again and have the house full of kids and grandkids again. And it's interesting you say that because the last time I saw my parents was August. Oh, wow. And we usually see them in Florida at Christmas. And we didn't do that this year because we were taking a huge trip, like a once in a lifetime trip to the UK on a cruise (laughs) in June. You can see where this is going. None of that will be happening. (laughs) So what had happened was my parents typically give me some cash for my birthday. And I said, I don't really want anything. You don't have to give me anything. Don't be ridiculous. And, And then I realized like, what I really want is to go see them. So I daughter had a three-day break in March. (laughs) You also see where this is going. And so we were going to go, the three of us, and spend this wonderful, just very short, long weekend with my family and, you know, get some time together, maybe shop together, go to the beach. And, And I was so looking forward to it. It was like something I was really counting on all winter. I was like, this is just going to be amazing. A couple days with my folks in Florida. And around about March 9th, we pulled the plug and it was a long agonizing weekend prior of, do we do it? Do we not go? Do we go? And, and back then the airlines were not being as generous with cancellations as they are now. We can reuse our tickets until I think October 20 something for a very minimal uh, fee, which is fine. You know, we're, we're great with that. I'm hoping we'll be able to. 
I mean, I just don't know if I'm going to be willing to fly by October. We'll just have to see. I, I may not feel comfortable. So, you know, but I want to see my parents. Mm-hmm. Like really right now, I'm going to move heaven and earth to see them. And yeah. they're, they're trying to figure out like how do they meet us somewhere where we could drive and they could, believe it or not, possibly maybe take a private plane. Wow. Because we just, well... It may be the only safe way to do this. They're over. Sure. Uh, no, they're not. I will not say that. They're senior. I'm not going to say their ages. <laughs> My mother would be pissed. <laughs> so I'm just going to say they're senior. And that's why we opted not to go because my daughter and I said, well, what if we're asymptomatic? And then we take this to them. Right. It's selfish. And it's so hard because I want to see them and they want to see us. And it's but I know it's going to happen, and I know that they're safest right where they are now. They are in a senior center. They're they're thriving. They're doing great. They're very healthy, but they're in the safest possible place they could be. They have ready access to healthcare and everything they need. They get meals delivered. Okay, I wish somebody would deliver me a meal. <laughs> they get I lunch know. delivered. They don't get dinner delivered, but they get a meal delivered every day. And then you know, my mom's a great cook. She'll make some soup or something or a salad, but. They do have everything delivered to them and they're very safe. And I think that's one of the things that helps me get through it is the knowledge that even though I miss them terribly, I'm keeping them safe. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to cu- try as human beings, uh, I would kind of have two themes around this. One is grace. We all need to give each other a little grace. It's, it's hard. You're bumping from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. There's this thing called Zoom fatigue I'm reading about on National Geographic. There's, we need grace. And the other thing we need is to accept that, you know, grace for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to take care of us first and put the oxygen mask on first. That's, That's why I know no matter what, at 4 p.m.-ish, I'm out walking the neighborhood, you know, socially distanced, because I know the fresh air is great for me. I know that exercise is great for you. It increases your endorphins. So whatever we can do, and, and kudos to you for this, to help people with the trauma and stigma around mental health is a gift that that's, there's not even words to describe what a huge gift that is for people. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's, it's okay to be, not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help. And we encourage our listeners to reach out to us via our Facebook page or our email address and um, let us know if there's anyone we can connect them with. You know, we, you know, we're happy to be a listening ear if that's what they need. Because a lot of times people know what they need. They know what they need to do right. or they know that you can't fix it and they don't want you to fix it. They just want to be heard. Right. And they just want to know that it's okay to have a pity party. You know, they understand there's people worse off than them and there's people better off than them and they understand it is what it is. But every once in a while, you just have to say, okay, but what about me? Right. I am feeling this way. I think this all sucks. I think, and all of that is okay. It's absolutely okay. The problem comes in when you stay there. Mm. And when the negativity overwhelms you and you don't do anything and now you can't move forward, that's when the problem comes in. But for you to take an afternoon or take a day or even two days where you just binge watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is you're going to do, or you're like, I'm not doing Zoom for two days. Everybody's just going to have to deal with it. I promise you, the world will not stop spinning. Absolutely. You know, it's, it was a hard lesson for me to learn, but it, it's very true. No, nothing is 
bad has happened because I didn't answer a Zoom call or I didn't jump on a Zoom call or I took an hour for myself or, you know, waited until the next day to return a call. People just, they have to understand. Absolutely. In fact, I was supposed to be doing a storytelling event tonight and I'm exhausted and not feeling great. This is when I recorded it, which was last Friday. And I, um, I, I, I just had diagnosed with an autoimmune thing that will get better and I will be better. But, you know, outside of recording the podcast today and a few small things for clients, I'm not working today. I've been working all week with this and mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm tired and I have to honor that. And, and you know what? The world isn't going to end. The storytelling people were awesome about it. They totally understood. I just not really very energetic at night anyway. That's kind of a hangover from, I guess, the whole cancer chemo thing, but I'm especially not right now. So we can all, you know, fake it, but it's not fake it until you make it. Sometimes it's fake it until you break it. Your body will tell you it's broken and that will be that. So for me, this is going to be a time of rest. It doesn't mean I'm not going to keep, you know, sort of walking the walk and talk at the talk about being aware that depression or anxiety or not being okay right now, there's no stigma attached to it. No, there's no shame. There's no stigma. There's no nothing. It's just, it's part of who you are. It's not who you are. Don't define yourself by that. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, that's what Emily's message is always about. You know, you matter. You matter. Don't let anything define you. Mistakes, we've all made them. We all have shortcomings. We all have flaws. We've all fallen down. So just, you know, get back up again. Do what you can. Take those baby steps. And don't be afraid to reach out for help, whether it's a friend or a therapist or a doctor or, you know, a business colleague, a peer. It doesn't matter. You know, reach out. Super. Thank you. So in addition to hearing you on the radio Sundays, four to six (laughs) on the Eastern uh, time zone, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn under Tamara McDuff. Just search for those names and I welcome you to connect with me. They can follow my business page at Now Digital uh, Marketing on Facebook, or they can um, even follow our radio page from Rock Voices. Great. That's amazing. Well, I thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. And I'm so grateful to you always and looking forward to our next conversation. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for having me, Catherine. It was great. Thank you. Be well. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.